Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I really apologise for the nasally voice. I have not really been that well this week. Well, only as of like, I could feel it coming on on Tuesday. I was at dance and I thought I was just kind of tired and run down and I just needed my bed and I'd be fine. But then when I got back to my house, I was like, no, this is really not good. I can feel my throat closing over. Like I know I'm getting sick. And one of the girls in my flat had been sick. So yeah, I literally spent the whole of Thursday tucked up in bed, just sweating it out of me, drinking lamb sip after lamb sip. That is my recommendation of the week. <laughs> lamb sip no I'm joking it's not but it honestly works wonders I feel like literally everyone I know is getting sick at the minute it's just that time of year and also I think with going back to uni and stuff even though I haven't really been going like I haven't been going out and like clubbing and to bars and things but I think just being in a city where there's all of a sudden like an influx of people coming from all over the place then there's bound to just be loads of sicknesses going about Anyway, I actually do feel a lot better. I just sound very bunged up. So yeah, try to ignore that. (laughs) I know it's hard. The odds are not in my favour today. I'll tell you what's happened. So started off my day well, got up early. It's a Saturday, went to the gym, had a really nice quiet Friday night last night, watched the Kardashians. And then I came back, I washed my hair got out of the shower and the there was a guy at our flat to fix the boiler. I actually wasn't aware that there was something wrong with the boiler because the hot water was working in my shower. Like I washed my hair and when I wash my hair, it takes me a while. Like I'm in the shower for about half an hour. It was working fine for me. So I don't know if my shower goes off a different boiler, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like rub it in everyone's faces. Like my shower's working. <laughs> So anyway, everyone else said their showers weren't working and I know that the hot water in the sink wasn't working. So this guy came to fix the boiler. In the process of fixing the boiler, he's managed to fuck the electrics, essentially. So now we have no electricity. And it was one of those situations where, did you ever get this with workmen, where they come to fix something and then break something else, but then they act like it's not their fault? And you're kind of like, uh, well, it wasn't an issue before. <laughs> but you don't really know what to say but they obviously don't know how to fix it because it's not within there like there's just someone coming out to fix a boiler he doesn't he's not an electrician so he was just like yeah you're gonna need to get an electrician and I was like okay amazing thanks it's not actually a huge deal right at this very moment because of the time of day we don't need lights fingers crossed an electrician actually comes today otherwise we're spending the night in darkness oh shit wait I just realized it's gonna all of my food's gonna defrost in the freezer as well. Oh wait, this is actually a lot worse than I thought. Here's me just thinking it's only a bad thing for lights. Oh, also when I opened my laptop to record this podcast, I was like, well, I better have enough charge to finish this. And I'm on 80%, but my battery has gotten so, so bad recently. So fingers crossed it doesn't run out in the middle of this podcast. If it does, I'm gonna have to finish off the episode tomorrow. Oh yeah, and because I just washed my hair, I need to blow dry it. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. I might just knock on the door of the flat above us and be like, yeah, can I please blow dry my hair in here? <laughs> it's probably a bit awkward because I don't even know them and I'll just be standing in a dressing room blow drying my hair. Let me give you a little bit of a life update. So it is Saturday. I have been in Leeds now for about a week and a half. So this is my second weekend here. And you know what? I feel like, I, well, I knew it was going to happen. It just takes you a few days, but I am very much back into the swing of things and into my little routine, which feels good. Am I dedicating enough time to uni work? 
currently? Probably not, let's be honest. But do I actually need to right this very second? I don't think so. I mean, I'm telling myself it's okay at the minute. I have this thing, though, where I always think, I don't know if anyone else is like this, I just constantly think I'm behind. Like, on the first week of being here, I thought I was behind, but I wasn't. Obviously, it's the first week, there's literally nothing you could have possibly done. Do you know what I mean? Like, where's the sense in thinking that you're behind when there is quite literally nothing you could have done? And I let myself stress out about it so much, and then... You just gotta take a minute and be like, okay, let's be realistic about what you should actually be doing here and how you are gonna keep up and not feel like you're behind. I feel like as well, it's really easy when you're at uni to like set yourself so many unrealistic goals. Like I was looking at my thing the other day and it was like, read four journal articles, make a fashion marketing Instagram, do this, do that, come up with more dissertation questions, like a full big list of things. And I was like, I can't even read one fucking journal article in one day. Like, (laughs) in what world did I think I was going to get four plus a lot more work done in one day? So I think I just need to start being a lot more realistic about things that I'm doing. And then, because this is the issue is when you have way too many things to do, do you not just find that you look up the list and you're like, nah, I'm not doing any of that. (laughs) Whereas if it's like realistic and achievable, then you're way more likely to get it done. So yeah, I've decided I'm just taking it as it comes. I'm not going to stress myself out. I think I like third year. I know that's a big thing to say within a week. Well, I've had two weeks of classes now, but yeah, I know that's a bold statement to make, but I just think you're doing the things that you like. Like obviously first and second year are more like you're trying everything and working out what you like. And then third year, you're focusing on what you like. You're doing a dissertation on a topic of your choice of something that is interesting to you. And then like your other modules are pretty, I don't want to say easy, but like, sorry, the professional practice module is like it's literally just writing your CV and creating your portfolio, like applying for your dream job, doing like interview skills, doing smart objectives, shit like that. I feel like that's fine. I don't need to stress about that. So I'm I'm all good. Yeah, if anyone listening to this is also in third year, I know it is a lot of work and it seems really daunting because you don't have many in-person hours so you kind of have to like really structure all your days and make sure you are keeping on top of things because it can really build up before you know it. But just think of the positives in that you're doing stuff you want to do. Just take it as it comes. If you keep up week to week, you will be fine. Set yourself like mini deadlines. You know, like not legit deadlines, like ones for you to meet certain word counts or to have a certain project done by this time. I'm actually quite lucky the way my uni lies out, they kind of give us like mini deadlines to kind of keep us on top of things, which is really good, but I'm sure not every uni does this. We're too blessed to be stressed, guys, okay? We're not letting stress get the better of us this year. We're prioritizing sleep and routine. That's what I'm prioritizing this year. And then everything else will fall into place. Okay, what is my recommendation of the week? Do you know what it has to be, actually? So, I don't know if you've heard of the app called Shreddy. If you haven't, it is a fitness app. And I joined Shreddy probably more than two years ago, maybe like three years ago. I joined when it was kind of, it was a pretty new thing at the time. I think I'd wanted to start doing different things in the gym. You know, I used to go to the gym and just kind of 
not really know what I was doing. I'd just maybe do like follow an ab workout on YouTube and then I'd go on the Stairmaster and go on the treadmill, like just kind of bounce around different machines, not really knowing what the crack was, which is fine. Like if that's what you want to do, that's amazing. It's just as much of a workout as anything else. But I just like wanted to do something different. And I'd always see these girls in the gym using the different machines, doing like proper weights and stuff. And I was like, I just wouldn't even know where to start. And I'm going to embarrass myself if I go over there and look like an idiot because I dropped something or I'm doing the wrong thing or whatever, which is stupid because like no one actually no one gives a fuck do you know what I mean and nine times out of ten someone will help you as well if you need help so yeah Grace Beverly came out with this app Shreddy and it was all about getting results but doing things that you like because a lot of like fitness programs and things yeah they're good and they work but are they sustainable? Because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you're hardly going to keep at it for ages. You're not going to be motivated to go. So the whole basis around Shreddy was like, you could pick if you want a three-day split, a four-day split, a five-day split. If you want to lose weight, if you want to gain muscle, if you want to just stay as you are and increase your fitness levels. And then you had the option of like an in-gym guide or or an at-home guide. So I joined it and it was so helpful for me and so good at just making me know what I was doing and not be like intimidated by things because they'd always have little like videos of how to's and things and it would always tell you, you know, what muscles you're targeting, blah, 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 how to keep the correct form. So it was so, so good for me like that. I think I stuck at it for a substantial amount of time and then we went into lockdown which loads of people actually then got shreddy in lockdown because of all their home workout section. But for me, I wasn't really vibing with the home workout part of it. I don't know why. It just wasn't really up my street. I was more wanting to do like yoga and Pilates style classes from home as opposed to these shreddy ones. So I ended up uh, stopping my membership. I thought, oh, I, I could just join it when gyms open and stuff again. But then they did and I just... I think I'd gotten so out of the habit of going to the gym that I prefer doing home workouts and then when I did go to the gym like I'd learned enough from Shreddy in terms of like splitting your days and what machines to use and what weights to do and how many reps all that bullshit I'd learned enough from that to be able to create my own workouts so I never bothered rejoining and then recently they've just started like a new they always do challenges basically to get uh, people like working out together and following the same guide you can win prizes there's like a big group chat of everyone following the guide it's just like a very it's really good and like motivating basically to get everyone in on this challenge together so I saw they had this new guide and I was just lying in my bed in Leeds and I was like do you know what I could really do with something like that to just get me kick-started and get me back in the swing of things otherwise I'm just gonna go like once a week and not really be arsed and kind of just like dander around from machine to machine, not really knowing what to do because I don't have a set thing to do, if that makes sense. I'm not saying you need an app to do any workout, don't get me wrong. I know that you definitely don't. <laughs> but sometimes you just need that little kick. So I decided to rejoin it. They had an offer on and it works out that you only pay like £3.90 a month, which I think is a bargain to be honest. It's also improved so much from when I had it years ago. They've got so many different guides now. They've also got like a yoga and Pilates one. It's a lot more flexible. So like I've chosen the Busy Girl Strong Guide and I've chosen the three times a week. But then on your off days, you can also like sub in extra work. Like if on a Thursday I wanted to add a Pilates to that, you can add that to your calendar. 
I just think it's such a good app and it's honestly exactly what I needed to just get me into a routine of things since I've come back to Leeds. Even if you do just need it for the sake of two months to just get you back in the swing of things and then stop your membership, you could do that. But honestly, it's so worth it, I think, to just do the the cheapest option is always to do like the yearly thing. It's like 40, 45 pounds or something for the whole year. Which when you put into perspective, right, I think I worked it out as three ninety a month. If you add three ninety on to what you're paying to your gym membership fee, if you just see that as like an added thing to have a plan for the gym, it's so worth it. And on mornings like this morning when I could have so easily talked myself out of going if I didn't have that set workout to do. But because I had it, I went and like, say for example, I didn't have it and I didn't talk myself out of going but I just went I could so easily just like slack when I'm there and barely do anything and just mosey around and not push myself but when you have it all laid out for you you're gonna just follow it so yeah that is my recommendation of the week sometimes I feel like I sound like a literal walking talking advertisement for Grace Beverly because I seem to just rave about everything she does it's actually embarrassing at this point like see me in the gym in my towel stuff following shreddy using my shreddy and what do you call it resistance bands reading her book like it's actually a joke but yes shreddy is my recommendation of the week Sorry, that was so long-winded and unnecessary for me literally just explaining a recommendation. Let's get on to this week's podcast topic, which is self-acceptance. So when I'm talking about accepting yourself and self-acceptance, I am referring to you as a whole person. So whether that's your body, your face, your life, you as a person, whatever it is. No. Don't get me wrong, I would be lying to you guys if I was to sit here and say that I fully accept every single part of myself, every single part of how I look, how I am, my life, everything. Obviously, that's not the case. The thing is about self-acceptance is that it is something you have to constantly work on. It's not something that you just come to one day and then you're just like, oh, that's me done. I accept myself. (laughs) I don't need to think about this anymore or give it any more time or energy. No, definitely not. It is something that you need to constantly, not like, well, yeah, I say work at and that probably is pretty accurate. Like you do need to consciously develop rituals or do certain things in your life. For me anyway, I don't know about you, (laughs) to practice self-acceptance. I think this is an issue as well that's only becoming worse and worse with, surprise, surprise, social media, yet again, another thing. (laughs) Social media is affecting, I swear, every single week I come on here and talk about things and social media always has a negative impact on it. I'm really starting to question if it has a positive impact on anything. We've gone from seeing you know, just advertisements and marketing campaigns on TVs and billboards and kind of just associating this ideal, I guess, with people that seem very far away, you know, very glamorous movie stars, models, all this. And now because of social media, we're seeing what everyone and their mum looks like, what their life is like, what, I don't know, their boyfriend is like, all these different things. 
that can subconsciously start to make you question whether you should have certain things or whether you should look like that or whether you should be at that certain stage in your life because you're the same age as that person you're seeing on TikTok. Whatever it is, it's just like constant messages, even when people don't mean for it to be like nine times out of 10, even when things aren't ads, when people, just like people you follow on Instagram and TikTok, nine times out of 10, nothing's supposed to be a message to you to be a certain way but we can really internalize things without even realizing it and before you know it you're jealous at something that you'd never even thought about in your whole life before. I think I may have said this statistic in my gender norms episode I just thought I'd repeat it for this one but there was research done in 2008 that shows a third of 10 year old girls 10 year old girls like 10 years old that's so young a third of 10 year old girls are unhappy with their bodies and by age 14 50 percent of them say their figure is their biggest worry and that was in 2008 I'm sure that statistic has increased massively thanks to social media I think when you're younger you don't actually have the brain capacity to like break down certain messages that are being marketed to you do you know what I mean you kind of like a fool to them all so you just think that you need to be that way and it's actually really harmful I feel like there actually should be more laws around marketing a lot of ads are actually really damaging but yeah when you're that young you don't have the capacity to like break down or critically evaluate these messages that are kind of being thrown at you within the media you're consuming and then like before you know it you're just like striving for something because you think that's what everyone should be striving for and it becomes so normalized especially when was it probably around the age of 14 15 every girl in my school was going through like an eating disorder or like something to do with their body and we would all talk about it as if it was normal and almost like glamorize it in a way and oh my god do you remember tumblr in that era it was so bad and you would have all the stick thin girls and you would just have your tumblr what do you call it tumblr board no that's like your pinterest board i can't even remember but whatever it is that you have on tumblr like your profile it would just be full of like skinny girls and like literally like those kate moss quotes encouraging you to what was the really awful quote oh my god I don't even know if I should say it no I'm not gonna say it you'll probably remember what I'm talking about I just don't want to say it because I feel like it could be triggering to a lot of people everyone had my fitness pal everyone knew the calories of a fucking apple like it was so toxic to another level diet culture was literally ingrained into us from such a young age and now I want absolutely nothing to do with diet culture I couldn't hate something more to be perfectly honest (laughs) the second anyone mentions diet in my presence I'm literally just like please stop right now I am all on board for trying to eat healthier getting more vegetables into your diet maybe not eating as many takeaways and eating more whole foods and cooking your sauces from scratch stuff like that that are beneficial for your health all for it See, the second someone mentions dieting and cutting calories and cutting certain food groups, no, see ya. Even my parents, if they start to mention like being good with certain things, I'm like, cast yourself on. My dad is so bad for this still to this day. He will always be like, 
telling me about how quotation marks good he was today because he only ate this and I'm like dad that is not good for you <laughs> like I'm sorry I don't want to hear first of all what you've eaten today because you're trying to show off of it as if it's a good thing that you've not eaten enough like that's not a good thing you need energy for your body to be able to work at your optimal level to be able to live like you need energy and you need nutrients yeah he always goes on about this and then I'm like this is so stupid though because you know for a fact you're depriving yourself of things you want to eat like I know you're hungry right now I just fucking eat something it, it can you can eat something healthy <laughs> and I know you're just gonna end up binging at the weekend like you always do and go through a whole loaf of soda bread and potato bread a tub of ice cream loads of sausages and it's like I've gotten to a point now where I I used to be so bad with that like trying to cut back and then it would just result in binging and the thing is is when you're actually giving your body what it needs you'll never binge because you'll never get that like craving where you need to eat loads because you're giving your body everything it needs so yeah my biggest tip with this is a huge thing for me about self-acceptance with my body is having a healthy relationship with food and the only way I have a healthy relationship with food is by not restricting now I'm vegan so some people would turn around and say oh but you are restricting by being vegan because you're cutting out dairy and meat in my eyes I'm not restricting because I have alternatives for all those things and I eat all those alternatives I can see how for some people a vegan diet would feel like you're restricting and would maybe be a bit triggering and feel like a diet but for me it's literally not like that at all I didn't like meat before the substitutes for dairy are great I never crave anything people always ask me what do you miss the most like surely you just want a bit of sausage or a bacon buddy or something when you wake up hungover I genuinely I'm not lying when I'm saying this I do not miss anything I feel like so many of the substitutes of the things that I liked anyway my main two things when I ate meat were um like barbecued burgers and hot dogs and trust me I have good vegan (laughs) uh, burgers and hot dogs so I feel like I'm not missing out whatsoever sorry where was I oh yes so the main thing for me about having a like being accepting of my body is having a balanced nutritious diet that isn't restrictive that I can eat dessert every night I can get a takeaway whenever I want it and never feel bad about myself because I'm not starving binging starving binging you almost have to like rewire your brain to not look at foods as good and bad you know stop putting them into categories of good and bad and start just thinking of them as fuel for your body and thinking about getting nutrition and energy from it once you no longer view certain foods as bad as well then you won't get that same guilt that you would get before I used to always do this where I would eat something that you know I'd maybe classified as bad and I'd think oh shit now I feel so guilty I'm gonna have to do this or do that to to balance it out or to counteract it whether it was a workout or skipping a meal it's not a healthy way to live and it's only gonna make you resent your body because you're looking at it as this thing that you're constantly being guilty about eating certain things and then trying to counteract those decisions when if you just have a healthy neutral relationship with food then it will really reflect in how you feel about yourself and your body. I know by the way that's not easy for a lot of people 
I just realized the wording of that was probably quite bad. Like, if you just have a healthy relationship with food, I understand having a healthy relationship with food is not something that comes easy to a lot of people. And I'm sorry if that came across in that way. Like, that's what I was saying. I promise I'm not like Paris Hilton with her t-shirt saying, stop being poor. (laughs) But yeah, I honestly do think that's a huge factor in learning to accept your body. So the next time you're with someone and they start talking about dieting, whether it's a friend, a family member, whoever it is, tell them you don't want to hear it. Tell them it's not sustainable. (laughs) and that they shouldn't be categorizing foods as bad and that they're better off developing healthy habits around food and changing their relationship with it. I think we have a huge issue with the way we can speak to ourselves. I used to be vile to myself, like absolutely horrible looking back on it. I was genuinely my own biggest hater. (laughs) I picked myself apart I would say horrible things to myself like in my head when I looked at myself in the mirror, when I saw photos of myself. And the thing is when you constantly are telling yourself these things, you start to believe them because at the start it starts off as this little voice that's not really you in your head and you can kind of differentiate it from your actual thoughts and then it becomes so consistent that you actually genuinely believe it. Like that becomes your voice. And imagine we spoke to our friends or family the way you'd speak to yourself like that. You wouldn't have any mates. No one would like you. You'd be a horrible person. One of the first steps in self-acceptance is completely changing how you speak to yourself and starting to to differentiate that voice and to recognise if any bad thoughts do come in to be like, no, (laughs) that's not me. That's just the little negative devil on my shoulder. I don't actually think that. And be kind to yourself. Be nurturing. Be accepting of yourself. Not every day you're going to wake up and love what you see in the mirror. That's not realistic. We all have bad days. We all have bad mental health days. We all have bad body image days. We all have hormonal days that are going to affect how you view yourself. But no matter what mood you're in, even if you're in a bad headspace, you can always be more kind and more accepting of yourself than negative. I think so often we get into the headspace that our body is like a decoration almost. Like its purpose is to look a certain way, which is so stupid. Think of the amount of things your body does for you on a daily basis and you're minimizing it to how it looks on that particular day in the mirror like treat yourself with a bit of respect recognize everything that your body does for you so that even on those days where you're not in the best headspace you can be like my body is a vessel that allows me to be a good daughter be a good friend be a good sister it allows me to walk and cook and dance and travel and learn and read and talk and listen and all these like amazing things that you literally do every single day that you take for granted and are putting your body down to just being a certain size or look a certain way. Something I implemented in my yoga classes that I was taking over summer in Belfast was at the very end of the class when you know kind of like the meditation part of the class when everyone's in shavasana on the floor 
and I would always take a bit of time. First we do like mindful breathing and then I would move on to like visualizations and gratitude and it was always so important for me to make sure I said that every week about expressing something in your head that you're grateful for whether it be a person whether it be something you did today whether it be showing gratitude to your body for showing up to the class no matter how small it may seem when you start to practice like showing gratitude for these little things in life then you actually start to look for it it's really strange how it shifts your mindset Once you get into the habit of expressing gratitude every day, you genuinely then start to live your days looking for things to be grateful for so that then you can reflect on it that night. So yeah, that's another huge tip from me when on the journey to learning to accept yourself is start showing gratitude, whether it is just in your head when you're lying in bed at night, whether it's in a journal, on your notes, on your phone or your laptop, Just try to consciously make an effort to do it and it will really shift your mindset during the following days. I think as well, when you start to look at your body as like this thing that enables you to do all these amazing things, no matter how mundane and, you know, you're grateful for it and all that, you almost start to, it's like you have a full shift in mindset as well in like even just things like drinking enough water and getting enough sleep like they all of these things all of a sudden become how do I describe this (laughs) I don't know if I'm making sense here but like all these things that before were kind of just like unspoken rules that you know you have to get or you should be getting eight hours sleep and you should be drinking two liters of water and you should be eating this amount of vegetables or whatever it is before those things were like a chore and then when you shift your mindset into looking after your body these things become like a ritual in like nurturing yourself like I love making sure I get I'm getting enough sleep I'm drinking enough water I'm eating like nutritionally dense food I am working out not for how I look but for how I feel and for strength and flexibility like all these different things everything becomes about like nurturing yourself and bettering yourself as opposed to chores of things that you have to do to look a certain way it's like you do all these things but with an entirely different motive because the objective is no longer to like what you see in the mirror the objective is to change your mindset and to be healthy and to feel your best So yeah, throw out the scales. I mean, throw out the mirrors if you really need to. If you find there, if you find looking in mirrors too often is bothering you, just fucking get rid of them. (laughs) Um, And start to feel, start to think more about how you feel and what makes you feel good. Let's move on to talk a little bit more about the impact of social media. Actually, do you know what? I am starving. I'm going to go make myself some lunch and then I'll be back. And then we'll talk about the impact of social media. Okay, I'm back. I am fed and watered and ready to go. Let me see. Where were we? Okay, social media. So obviously I have discussed how like it's gone from just seeing this beauty standard ideal on like TVs and billboards and things to now just seeing it absolutely anywhere and everywhere the second you go on your phone. 
and it's crazy because I feel like there was a level of knowing when it was just on billboards and TV. You kind of knew everything was airbrushed and photoshopped. Whereas now, I think for so long, people thought because it was on social media, it was real. I mean, we obviously know that's not true now. (laughs) But, you know, the era of Instagram models getting away with, I mean, they still get away with um, face tuning and photoshopping things all the time. But like, even people you know, even your friends, I'm sure, and maybe people listening to this are guilty of face tuning photos. I think I used to always smooth my skin when I was like 18 and I just started out in makeup. I used to always smooth my skin. I don't touch my photos at all anymore. I just use like, I just play around with the lighting and shit and on the Instagram settings. But yeah, it's got to that point where even people you know are literally editing themselves to look a certain way. So now even things that you thought were real are fake. And also even the things that are real, for example, a lot of the Instagram models are fake. Like they've all got fat replacement surgery and liposuction and it injected back into here and here or like worked under their face all these different things so even if someone isn't editing their photos a lot of the time the things you're actually seeing aren't natural anyway so all of a sudden we've got this plethora of fake imagery creating this beauty standard that isn't actually even achievable because it's not real and I'm not saying that people don't have these things naturally. I know there are a lot of gifted people out there (laughs) that are born with these things. I don't know if anyone listened to, you know, Anastasia, Stassi baby, Kylie Jenner's friend, her interview on Caller Daddy and was it Caller Daddy? I think it was. And she said like, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that have had stuff done even if it's just like really subtle and natural looking nine times out of ten it's being done by a surgeon (laughs) it's so easy to scroll through these platforms and subconsciously think that these things are achievable because someone else has it but you just need to remember that honestly don't believe everything you see on social media I know that is literally one of those statements that's thrown around left right and center don't believe everything you see but really don't (laughs) My rule of thumb for social media is if something makes you feel bad about yourself, that is a form of self-sabotage. You are literally being self-destructive if you're following someone that makes you feel bad about yourself. And it doesn't have to be that someone makes you really jealous or really, really angry or like a really strong emotion. It could just be like a little tingling feeling in your mind that makes you just feel a little bit shit or makes you feel like you're not in the right place in life and just kind of eats away at you slowly. It doesn't have to be this like big, oh my god, they make me feel terrible just looking at one photo. It can just be a really small kind of overtime thing that you notice and just unfollow them. It's literally that simple. No one is asking you or making you consume their content. I did a huge it was honestly years ago now I did a big clear out and went on a big unfollowing spree and I I used to follow so many just like you know just those like gorgeous naturally gorgeous models and all the like Victoria's Secret models you know who I'm talking about just all of those ones and I just thought one day why am I doing this to myself so I got rid of them all and that was that unfollowing spree but you have to bear in mind that what 
makes you feel bad about yourself is always going to change constantly depending on what's going on in your life or what is triggering to you at that point in your life. There are so many factors that play into it. So for example, when I unfollowed all of the models, then I was into, I was so into my makeup at that point. It was when I was literally just starting out as a makeup artist. So literally my whole feed was all just other makeup artists and other, whether it was like editorial ones or Instagram makeup artists or creative makeup artists doing crazy like Halloween looks. And it was all so inspiring to me at the time because it was at a point in my life where I was wanting to play with makeup, wanting to see all this inspiration, wanting to sit down and do like, you know, three to five looks a week. But then over time that changed as well. You know, when I wasn't doing makeup full time and I didn't have the time to be doing that many looks a week, then it almost started to like annoy me seeing all these people doing, coming up with new looks every day. And I was like, oh, I don't have the time for this. This is just making me feel guilty that I'm not churning out the content in the same way that they are. So then I unfollowed a load of them. Like, this is what I mean. It's going to constantly change and you need to adjust who you follow based on what makes you feel good at that point in your life. Like maybe over lockdown, you unfollowed a load of Australians because it was too triggering to see these people living a normal life and going like socializing and clubbing into restaurants and to the gym and seeing their friends and family, you know, so then maybe you unfollowed them then, but then you could refollow them again now because that's not the case. And I think you just need to take action where that's concerned and recognize what's making you feel a certain way. Also, I'm pretty sure you don't even have to unfollow. You can't just like mute not mute basically I think there's a setting where you can stop their things from coming up on your feed I just think how are you ever gonna learn or even start to learn how to accept yourself when all you're doing is continuously comparing yourself whether it be your face your body your life your where you live like all these different things if you're just constantly comparing them to other people when are you ever going to be able to embark on that journey of accepting yourself Oh, you know what? Another big thing for me in the unfollowing situation. Up until really recently, I followed a lot of like surgeons and what do you call people that do Botox and filler and shit? I always see this word typed, but I I don't know how you say it. Aestheticians? No, that's not right. Okay, I don't know how you say it, but people that do aesthetics, like aesthetic nurses and things, I used to follow so many of them up until really really recently because well I I mean I probably started out because I thought it was interesting to see what you could have done but then what you don't realize is when you're seeing people every day getting these things it starts to really make you think oh maybe I should get that or that could work on me or would I look better with that like all these things you probably didn't even think twice about before and now all of a sudden you're wondering if you should get filler injected into your cheek to have slightly higher cheekbones. <laughs> like when has that ever crossed my mind before seeing it on my Instagram feed? It hasn't. Also a lot of the time the before pictures, because you know the way they'll always put up like the before and after. And a lot of the time the before pictures you might be kind of similar to. So then it makes you think, if they're changing that, does that mean it should be something I'm worried about? Like is that not a new <laughs> insecurity of mine? And then just out of nowhere from following something that you thought was just kind of interesting to see all these different things that they could do has caused you to develop all these unnecessary insecurities. 
I used to really desperately want a nose job when I was younger. I'm talking like 14 to 17 kind of age. I used to always say the second I have enough money and I have savings, I am 100% getting a nose job. It is the first thing. I will get that before I get a house, before I get a car, no matter what it is, getting a nose job is more important to me. Anyway, I don't know what happened. I think I just left my self-loathing era (laughs) and therefore stopped wanting one so much. I think as well, I kind of just like, I think you do kind of grow into your face a little bit. Like it sounds stupid. I'm not sure there's much science behind it, but I do think you you genuinely like grow into your face a little bit. But anyway, it wasn't a thing that bothered me whatsoever. Like by the time I was probably 19, I'd look back and be like, I can't believe I ever wanted a nose job. And obviously my nose hadn't changed. You know, my I still had the exact same nose. What had changed was my mindset. Until recently, if you have TikTok, you know there has been an almost trend of people getting nose jobs. I swear to God, everyone and their mum these days goes to fucking Turkey to get a nose job. And they all do that transformation TikTok, which I'm sick of seeing. <laughs> I mean, luckily they don't come up too much anymore, but there was a while not that long ago, where it was literally every day you were seeing a new one. And then also because I followed some surgeons and stuff on Instagram, then I was always seeing nose transformations then. And I started to feel myself like slipping back into this mindset of, oh my god, maybe I should get a nose job. Like if all these people are that have not even, like this is a thing you'd see these transformations of people that genuinely did not need nose jobs whatsoever. Not that anyone needs a nose job, but do you know what I mean? Like people that could genuinely tell you they've already had a nose job (laughs) and I'd believe them because their nose was so small yet they were getting nose jobs. So then all of a sudden you start to be like, oh my God, should I? Like maybe if all these people are going to Turkey and doing it, like should I be saving for that? Is that what I should spend my money on? Would it make me happier? You start to have all these questions going on in your head. And then I was like, hold on a second. I have gone the last four years or whatever it was being so happy that my mindset had changed that I didn't want one anymore and now all of a sudden all this stuff I'm seeing on social media is making me want one again and that just shows you how strongly it can impact your mind like subconsciously it undid all that work I did on accepting myself and accepting my nose as stupid as it sounds like it undid all of that work just by seeing other people getting it done and that happens to us with everything I mean luckily I was able to recognize it for what it was and take a step back and be like okay this is what I need to do in order to not think this way although it is a little bit more true I know I talked about the whole unfollowing thing but it doesn't really work that way on TikTok does it like the algorithm just shows you stuff based on like I don't know previous likes and shit like that but sometimes things come up that you don't necessarily want to see this being one of them but yeah anyway luckily I was able to recognize that for what it was which not everyone is able to do like I am all for if you have a deep rooted insecurity that has bothered you since a very young age maybe you got bullied for it I don't know if it's something that really affects you on a daily basis I am 
so forth do whatever you want if it's something you think is genuinely going to make a difference to your life go ahead get as much surgery as you want but I think there's a huge difference between a deep-rooted insecurity and something that has just recently become an insecurity because of social media another example of this up until a few years ago I genuinely did not know what hip dips were I'd never heard of them in my whole life and then I saw someone talk on their stories about how insecure they were of their hip dips and how they were either going to get surgery or going to get like um, stuff injected into them because basically they'd been like trying for so long to I think like do stuff in the gym to help them and I was like what the fuck are hip dips <laughs> I've never heard of this term in my life and I was looking at the girl's body on her story and being like she has such a good body what on earth is she talking about so I proceed to look up what hip dips are discover that I also have hip dips so then straight away you're like oh is this something I should be insecure about? And then I'm like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Why would I just start getting insecure about something that I genuinely didn't have a clue what it was before and didn't think to even look twice at on my body? When you constantly feed into these, what would you call them? Well, these insecurities or these like standards of beauty or expectations. If you're always feeding into them and always thinking you need to be a certain way, always picking yourself apart and looking for the next thing, like the next thing to be unhappy with. Even if you were to go out and get that surgery, your mindset isn't changing. So you're still going to be really like vulnerable to whatever the next trend is and then want to get that done as well. And it just is a constant cycle of never being happy because it's all in your mindset and it's just like you against yourself. It's like when people say, oh yeah, but if I was on my own in the world, like if I was literally on the moon living there on my own, I would still get my boobs done because it's what I wanted to do and it makes me feel better about myself. It's like, come on, babes, catch yourself on for a second. The only reason you want that in the first place and that it makes you feel better about yourself is because of the beauty standard and all the messages that have been communicated to you in every second of every day through marketing, through social media, through TV, no matter what it is. Like if you lived in a planet on your own, there'd be no beauty standard, there'd be no expectation. You wouldn't give a fuck if you had boobs or not. And we have seen, especially recently, well not, well also just over the last several decades, how women's bodies are essentially made into trends. <laughs> like we had the 90s and noughties supermodel, skinny as fuck look, like the cocaine model kind of look. Then it was like trendy to be curvy and have a big bum and now all of a sudden all the Kardashians are getting their BBLs reversed and... They are literally the skinniest I've ever seen them. I was watching it yesterday and they're all sticks these days. When are we ever going to learn that body types are not a fucking trend? Like maybe you find yourself kind of subconsciously wanting a BBL last year and maybe now all of a sudden you actually don't want a BBL and now you want a tummy tuck. And see even just you recognising the differences in year to year of things that you want is enough in itself to realize that actually the problem isn't your body 
because nothing has probably changed in your body in that time frame even though you want different things what's changed is what's technically trending and what is being like marketed to you as the beauty standard and the only way you can get around that is by literally rising above it and not giving in to these trends and accepting your body for the way it is and not always trying to look like someone else or be someone else because you're you like I always think it's so sad like you know when someone I always say when I was younger oh I wish I was I don't know whoever Gigi Hadid (laughs) I don't know anyone like I wish I was her I wish I would do anything to have her life to be her and then you think about it and you're like wait but that would mean giving up my family my friends it means I wouldn't have my dogs like all these things and you're saying you would sacrifice your life for this person just because of the the way they look and that makes me really sad I'm not gonna lie <laughs> like I would never want to trade lives with someone else no the thing is is that it literally does not matter at the end of the day what body type is trending because any body type can be as equally beautiful as the other. It's like saying, you know when someone asks you your favourite cuisine and it's such a hard question to answer because each cuisine is so delicious in its own right and have such different flavour profiles and you love them for different reasons or for different times in the day or times of the year or times in your life or whatever it is, they're all just so beautiful and you can't pin it down to one. It's the exact same thing. Like just because a tall, curvy woman is beautiful doesn't make a short, skinny woman any less beautiful. And you can really use that to help you on your journey to self-acceptance, you know. You can turn looking at other people who don't necessarily look like you on social media Instead of looking at them and thinking, oh my god, they're so beautiful, I wish I looked like that, what can I do to look like that? You can look at them and think, oh my god, they're so beautiful in their own way, and I'm so beautiful in my own way. And the two can completely coexist and not affect each other whatsoever. I always go back to this same thing, I'm 100% sure I probably said this on more than one episode, but I always think, so I don't even want kids to be honest but I always think if I was to have kids right and I was to get a nose job say imagine my kids have my nose and I had to be I had to tell them that they got my nose and I got a nose job I feel like as well when you have kids everything about them is so beautiful like obviously in your eyes they don't have a single flaw so then for you to turn around and be like oh yeah I hated that about myself so I got rid of it it's like I don't know, there's something so heartbreaking about it. And my mum said when she was younger, she used to want to get her boobs done. And she says she's so glad now that she didn't get them done. But anyway, imagine she did, yeah. And then she had two daughters and both of us have absolutely no boobs. (laughs) And we're looking at our mum with like giant boobs. And she was like, oh yeah, I had no boobs as well. So I got them done. Like straight away from such a young age, you'll be thinking, I need to get my boobs done. Like that should be an insecurity of mine. Obviously, if my mum got the hers done. But instead, we all just get to be like part of the itty bitty titty committee together. (laughs) It's really hard to accept yourself when you're not seeing people like you in the media you're consuming. I remember so clearly, (laughs) 
<laughs> right, so I obviously have really curly hair and for the majority of my younger years, I absolutely despised it. I would straighten the life out of it. I would just wear it up in a bun. I really just didn't embrace my curls. I hated them. No one in my friend group had curly hair. No one I followed did. No one on like TV and stuff did. And I remember, oh, actually, sorry. So the only time you would see people with curly hair was when they were like the ugly loser friend, which obviously sends a bit of a message to you. Like, you know, in Princess Diaries, when she goes from the quotations ugly loser to the princess with the straight, sleek hair without glasses. Like, how is that supposed to make you feel about having curly hair when you watch that? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I remember so clearly the first time seeing someone that wasn't, that didn't play a character of being like a loser and was actually one of the cool people with curly hair. And it was Naomi in 90210. And it was the best thing ever for me to see that on my screen. It sounds so stupid and so, like, it's such a small thing. But it's so important to see yourself in the media you're consuming. And it's like what I talked about in my Gender Norms podcast with seeing yourself in, you know, like seeing women in politics and seeing women not just be like the sidekick in superhero movies. Like... All these little things matter so much when it comes to accepting yourself. And that's where to an extent social media is actually a really good thing because unlike in TV and the news and politics and things that are out of our control slightly where we can't choose to see us represented all the time, we can fight for it, we can encourage it, we can, you know, do all these things to help diversify what we see in the media but at the end of the day we can't directly control it on a day-to-day basis if that makes sense whereas that is something that you actually can change especially on Instagram you can I can follow loads of people with curly hair I can follow loads of short girls I can follow people that look like me or not you know not like literally look like me but um people that I see myself in I guess I should say like if it hadn't been for Instagram and TikTok and people sharing their curly hair routines the products they use how they dry their hair how they maintain it for the week all these different things I probably would still be at a point of despising my curly hair you need to be able to see yourself in the media you're consuming to be able to gain that confidence in yourself The confidence that you deserve as well to experience just as much as what someone who fits the typical beauty standard does have to. Something that helped me accept my skin so much was seeing other people be open about their acne and their skin journey and not apologise for how bad their skin is. Because before, if anyone you know, accidentally showed themselves makeup less. It was always like apologies left, right and centre for looking a certain way and not having makeup on, which is so ridiculous. Like that's a whole other thing in itself. (laughs) But yeah, seeing people now be open about it has encouraged me to do the same. And the amount of messages I get from lots of young girls saying how much it has helped them accept their acne and accept that your skin's not always going to be perfect is insane and it actually makes me, it makes my heart happy. (laughs) 
last year, I kind of found that I really just got into the habit. It was kind of accidental, I guess, just from like, it, it almost became part of my morning routine where I'd get up, I'd go to the gym, I'd come home, get a shower, get ready for uni. And part of that getting you ready for uni involved doing my makeup. So I just got into the habit of doing my makeup every morning. And now, don't get me wrong, I wasn't sitting there doing an hour full glam or anything like that. But I was spending a good, you know, 20, 20 to 30, we'll say, yeah, 20 to 30 minutes on it each morning. Actually, probably less than that. We'll say 15 to 30, because I guess it could be either side of the scale there. And when you find yourself in the habit of doing something like that, although it may have started off as just being uh, not a one-off, but like just a bit of fun, part of your getting ready routine, it it goes from that to then being something you feel is essential for you to do to go out. And I didn't actually realise that until I came back to uni there two weeks ago and I was getting ready to go to a lecture and didn't think twice about putting makeup on because I hadn't been wearing makeup on a daily basis throughout summer. Like it just wasn't part of my routine throughout summer at home. Um, so I'd completely fallen out of the habit of it. So then when I came back, I felt no need to put it on. And for a second, I was like, oh my God, I just got a flashback to me sitting on my bedroom floor this time last year, frantically putting makeup on just to go to a fucking lecture. And when I clocked that, I was like, okay, I need to make a conscious effort to not let myself fall back into that again, because that's not nice waking up and thinking that you have to do that just to leave the house. And that only happens as a result of, like, nothing's changed on my face, you know? What changes is your mindset around that and feeling like you have to look a certain way. No one in their right mind cares if I show up to a lecture wearing makeup or not, in the same way that I don't care if anyone in my lecture hall is wearing makeup or not. It's very much in your own head and how you feel and That's not to say that there aren't some mornings where you just feel a bit shit and spending 15 minutes on doing your makeup is gonna make you feel better, okay? Like, obviously that is fine. But like, getting into this habit where you think you have to, to the point that you're actually sacrificing time that you could have been sleeping, time that you could have been eating, time that you could have been studying, time that you could have been reading, exercising, literally doing anything else, (laughs) Like quite literally anything else and you're choosing to spend it on applying makeup just because you think you have to. So yeah, now that I'm out of the habit of it, I'm going to keep it that way. I've decided like Monday to Thursday is makeup free for me. Also, can I just put it out there that I'm not demonising putting on makeup whatsoever? Like I'm literally a makeup artist. (laughs) I fucking love makeup. Like it's my job. I absolutely love it. What I don't love is when I get into the cycle of thinking that I don't look good without it. Makeup is there to be fun, to be played with, to be experimented with, to dress up when you feel like having a bit of an alter ego. It's not there to make you think that you're ugly without it. A lot of the time when we slip into these negative thought patterns about ourselves, maybe feeling shit about our bodies or something in our faces or our skin, whatever it is, it's actually usually a symptom of how you're feeling within yourself as opposed to how you actually are looking if that makes sense because let's be honest like how you're looking probably hasn't really changed 
but maybe because of other bad habits maybe like drinking too much so it's giving you anxiety the next day maybe that's making you feel shit about yourself or maybe it's because you're not exercising and even though your body hasn't changed at all you're not getting the same like endorphins and happy hormones pumped around your body that you would when you're exercising regularly literally after exercise I feel like a new person it's honestly a form of therapy (laughs) okay this podcast is getting extremely long but I want to finish it I put up on my story a question box asking what are some things you practice slash you have done that help you accept yourself can be daily rituals a one-off thing that helped or maybe a certain person anything that helps you with self-acceptance for your body face life or just you as a person So I thought I'd just quickly read out some responses because I know I've given you a lot of the things that I find helpful, but what I find helpful isn't necessarily what you will. So hopefully we'll get a load more from some listeners. Have suffered with bad acne for as long as I remember and have recently put up a photo of toddler me on my mirror so that if negative talk creeps into my mind, I try to remember baby me is listening. I love this one. I think actually, didn't Kendall Jenner say that she does this? She said that in her her interview with Jay Shetty. Acknowledging that my body carries me through life and keeps me healthy. Being outside in nature, exercising, dancing to my favourite music in my room. Saying nice things about me in the mirror. Making to-do lists but with really basic things like making my bed or doing my dishes. I do this all the time. Make myself feel like I've achieved something with my day. Having a bath every day at the end of a long day, I just find it's really relaxing and comforting. Therapy. It helped me realise the effect my childhood had on who I am today and what to do. Understanding that there is more to my body than looks. It allows me to run, dance, etc. Being celibate type of single for a while is much better for genuine self-love. Oh, I really like this one. I write small affirmations on sticky notes and put them around my mirror and room. Oh, this is nice. My boyfriend compliments me the same whether I look good or awful. I feel like I'm really good at doing this, complimenting people no matter what state they're in, even if they've just come out of the gym or wake up hungover, (laughs) whatever it is, it's really nice to know that no matter what state you're in, someone still thinks you're amazing. Realise that the amazing effect people in your life have is a two-way street and you do it for them too. That's so nice. I put music on my speaker and dance as soon as I get out of bed in the morning dance is just the best form of (laughs) self-care. Reminding myself that other people's opinions are none of my business. Try to take a step back and look at how far I've actually come and that younger me would be so proud. Going outside and seeing body types rather than just on Instagram and following body positivity Instagrams periodically deleting Instagram when I start falling into the trap of comparison. Spending time with yourself like going for a walk to reflect or being comfortable on your own. 
being naked more, learning to love and accept my body more and more every day. I wholeheartedly agree with this. I mean, I can understand that this doesn't work for everyone. Some people don't like being naked, but I think the more the more time you spend with yourself naked, the more you'll be used to your naked body. So then the more accepting you are of it in my head. <laughs> Meditation with affirmations. Unfollowed people on social media that made me feel bad about myself. Finding the same features that I have in within my family and loving it on them. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> Smiling at yourself in the mirror the same way you would to your friend to a friend. Only saying positive things about others makes me think others do the same. Recognizing that the people I love aren't perfect and have their insecurities, but I accept and love them regardless, so I should treat myself the same way. Practice gratitude puts things into perspective. I think of all I do have and not what I don't. I tell myself if I pretend to be confident people will believe it and then so will I. Fake it till you make it. Stop using filters, going out without makeup, yoga and mindfulness and uplifting company. (laughs) Thinking that we are all gonna die and it really doesn't matter that much. So true. A few years ago phased out wearing makeup because I was wearing it all day every day hated my face without it and now I feel confident in myself without wearing it. Just be kind because it doesn't age and there is more to life than your appearance. Tell myself someone else's beauty does not take away from yours, it really helps. Switching from weightlifting to yoga, it was very toxic for my body image to be focusing on a form of exercise which is so focused on aesthetics and changing the way your body looks rather than how it feels. Yoga makes me feel proud of moving my body and empowered by movement. Oh, I like this. But I also think this depends on the person because like I I completely get what you're saying in that weightlifting can be focused on aesthetics. But like when I go to the gym and do weights, I don't think about how my body is looking after. I'm not looking for a transformation. You know, I've not taken a before photo and I'm not looking to take an after photo. I'm more looking to feel strong in the same way that she is saying yoga makes her feel good yoga makes me feel good as well but like I think your how do I say this your mindset around the exercise is what matters the most so if you find yourself thinking that you're doing a certain exercise to lose weight or to look a certain way that's the issue and you need to find something that completely takes you out of that and actually just enjoys the exercise and makes you feel good and benefits your body in that sense Oh, I love this one because I do this every day. (laughs) Romanticizing my life in my head, my walk to work, reading my books, etc. Yes, I love this. And taking yourself out for a coffee, go to the cinema on your own, go to dinner on your own. Just romanticize it all. Even when I'm just sitting at home, last night I was sat in my bed, in my dressing gown with a face mask on watching the Kardashians and it wasn't even eight o'clock and I was romanticizing it. I was like, oh my God, self-care queen. (laughs) Okay, we're well past the hour mark now. I don't know how I've managed to ramble for this long. If you've made it this far, first of all, congratulations. And second of all, thank you so much (laughs) for listening to me. I really hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. I've been on about talking about like accepting yourself and body image for the longest time and I'm so glad I finally got round to doing it. 
Hopefully this episode has helped some of you in some way, maybe cheered you up, changed your mindset a little bit, given you some ideas of how you can really implement practicing self-acceptance. If you enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it, whether that's on your Instagram story or amongst your friends or family, whatever it is. And if you get the chance, just leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so, so much for all the love and support. I hope you all have an amazing rest of the week and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.